In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, Jesus has the following confrontation with his disciples. It says, people were bringing babies to Jesus so that he would bless them. When the disciples saw this, they scolded them. Then Jesus called to him and said, allow the children to come to me. Don't forbid them, because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. I assure you that whoever doesn't welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. So we hear this phrase of, we are to have faith like a child. I think sometimes there's a misconception about that. When we talk about what it means to have faith like a child, some people say, well, that means that faith is a childish or a, a juvenile endeavor. Other people will say, well, to have faith like a child means to just accept what you're told, right? To believe the teachings, to believe everything, and to not ask any questions. Just take it, accept it, believe it, and move on. I think the people that have those feelings of what it means to have faith like a child have never actually been around children. <laughs> right? Because to engage with children is to, to dig deeper, both into the serious and the seemingly trivial. To engage with children is to tap into all parts of your brain, the left brain, the right brain, the intellectual and the creative, the practical and the whimsical. To engage with children is to use your whole body to jump and to run and to dance and to sing, to crawl and to play. And to engage with children is to ask questions. A lot of questions. A lot of questions that often begin with the word, why? It's about a 15-minute drive from my house to the church. And if I'm in the car with my two kids, who are six and four, I would venture to guess I answer maybe 16,422 questions in those 15 minutes. <laughs> why are those workers over there? Well, why are they making a new sidewalk? Well, when is it going to be done? Well, why don't you know? Why do we even have sidewalks? Why are there sidewalks in part of our neighborhood and not in the other part of our neighborhood? Why do bikes sometimes go on the sidewalk and sometimes not? Why can't we drive on the sidewalk? If you drove on the sidewalk, would the police come and take you to jail? Have you ever been to jail? Why? <laughs> now, on my good days, I'm excited to engage in this conversation, right? To see my children exploring the world. On my not-so-good days, it drives me batty. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to say that I have resorted on a number of occasions to either I don't know or because I said so. <laughs> I mean, my mom gave me those answers, so I'm allowed to give them to my children too, right? But these kinds of conversations point to what it means to engage in our world, to engage in our lives, to engage in our faith like a child, to see the world through the eyes of a child.
And so when we think about Jesus telling his disciples, inviting the children to say, we must see the kingdom of God like these children, I think he's inviting all of his followers to dig deeper, to ask the hard questions, to wonder, to imagine, and to even have a little bit of playful fun as they figure out what it means to be a follower of Christ, to be a child of God, to live in the kingdom of God. And so over the next three weeks, we are going to explore this idea of having faith like a child. And together we will imagine God's kingdom, the kingdom present among us now and the kingdom that is to come in fulfillment. We will have fun together and just play because sometimes I think we take our faith way too seriously. And if we would just relax, chill out, and play, we might discover a little more about who God is and how God interacts with us. And on our last week, we will question. We will ask those hard questions, not to try and trap Jesus and, and not to try and trap the preacher. I'm telling you that now. Don't try and trap me with your questions. But because we know that as we ask those hard questions, as we dig deeper, our faith only grows stronger. So this morning, we are going to begin our journey as children of the faith and dive into the world of imagination. Now, in order to do that, though, we've got to tap into some of our imaginative resources, the first of which being our own imaginations. Now, as adults, we've lost a bit of that power of imagination. It's nothing we tried to get rid of. It just kind of happens along the way. I mean, do you remember when that vroom, vroom of the matchbox car was less race car and more some weird sound coming out of your mouth? Or when putting on a tiara and a princess dress was less an everyday occasion and something meant only for Halloween? Or maybe when what scared you the most wasn't the monsters underneath your bed, but the chemistry final you had the next day or taking your driving test. I'll tell you, your imagination, it's not all lost. We can try and tap into it again. Just take a look around. Take a look around. As adults, we see everything for what it is, its purpose, how it serves us. But children have the advantage. I love how Barbara Brown Taylor, the Episcopal priest, she says, children have the advantage that they are ignorant of the adult notions of what things are supposed to be. These steps. Are they a way to just go from one surface to the next? Or are they big mountain that we climb up against the wind and the rain of Mount Everest? 
this mic stand. Just a way to hold a mic for the singer or maybe our new dance partner. Or a dragon ready to breathe fire. Just look around. What do you see? There's a Native American practice of looking twice at the world. You look once at things and you see what they are on the surface. But when you take a chance to look twice, you start to see something a little deeper. Something more that's there. We'll just take the time to look. The sun outside shining, it brings light through the windows. The sun, a, a star, a big ball of fire that gives us light and gives us warmth. Maybe a little too much warmth in July in Georgia, but it gives us warmth. But if we look away and then look twice... What else do we see? The, the way the light shines through the windows? The way it casts shadows where the light is not? The way the light guides our paths? And not just my path, but your path. Light shining equally on all God's people. We look Twice we can imagine what else can be there, what more can be there. Now, I gave you another tool this morning. I think some people walked in and said, oh, the preschool's been in here. They left their Play-Doh. No, this is for you. If you look on the ends of your pews, there's Play-Doh for you there. I hope you'll grab it. You can exchange the colors if you're not happy with what's on your pew. But I'm going to encourage you to, to open it up and to play with it throughout the rest of the service this morning. You may want to just have it in your hand and move it back and forth. It'll uh, help you stay awake this morning. <laughs> but I'd encourage you that as you hear the rest of the message this morning as we go to God in prayer, as we sing our final song, that you allow your imagination to play a little bit with the Play-Doh, to see what might come, to let this be a tool that you can sculpt and mold and shape as we consider our understanding of the kingdom of God and how we welcome the kingdom of God into our midst. How we might imagine more about who God is and who we are as God's people. And it's not that our imagination, using our imagination, means that our God is an imaginary God. That's not it at all. Barbara Brown Taylor says it's not that God is the property of our imaginations, but rather that our imaginations are the property of God. 
that the Holy Spirit might work in and through our imaginations to open up a whole new world for us. Now, our scripture this morning is one that I believe invites a lot of imaginative work on our part because it's not a reality that that we have seen. It's not a reality that we have known. It's not something that other people have seen that we can talk to them about. It's We can only really read about it in the scriptures. Because this morning we're reading from the book of Revelation. Revelation. A book full of wild images, apocalyptic stories. But a book that allows us to use our imagination to see this new world that God sends to John. A new world that is ours to inhabit at some point in the future. So as I read, keep playing with your Play-Doh. You might even close your eyes and and look at the images that are before you and then look twice to see what God is calling you to imagine. Hear now the words of Revelation chapter 21, the first five verses. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the former heaven and the former earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, Look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There will be no more mourning, crying, or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I'm making all things new. Now, the book of Revelation, it can be divided into different sections with some that speak to the past about the the cycles of persecution that God's people have been through. There are other sections where God's speaking judgment on God's people and, and teaching them, instructing them on how they are to repent And return to the ways of the Lord. And then as we get to the final chapters, we see this new vision. Of God speaking to St. John about what will happen when Christ returns. When the fullness of God's kingdom is to come. And what does this new heaven and new earth, what does it look like? What does it mean for the new to come and the old to pass away? We don't know. <laughs> right? We don't, we don't know. We don't get any of the details. We get these images from John. But we don't know. Does it look the same, only better, bigger, shinier, cleaner? Will our world look the way it looks now, or will it be like living on a whole nother planet? 
We're told the sea is gone, but what about the land? Do we still stand on land, or are we just floating around on the clouds? We don't know. But we can imagine. Revelation tells us that with the coming of the new heaven and the new earth, God's dwelling is now with us, with all of humankind. And the distinction between where God lives and where we live begins to just fade away. What, that, what might that mean for, for you, that the distinction between where God lives and where you live becomes one? Well, that's the best part about it, right? That as we imagine what that means for us and what that means for our world, there really are no right or wrong answers. I know we get a little squeamy, right? When we say, talking about our faith, there's no right and wrong, but it's my understanding that in our faith, as we dig into our faith, there's a lot more gray than there is black and white, And so as we begin to imagine what this world might be, as long as we can agree that God dwelling with humankind is a good thing and a holy thing, and that God comes to dwell not just with you and with me, but with all the world, then we can begin to let our imaginations run wild what it means to live in this new heaven and this new earth. James Whitehead is a, a Christian author, and he gives this definition of faith. He says, faith is the enduring ability to imagine life in a certain way. The enduring ability to imagine life in a certain way. As people of faith, we imagine life in ways that go beyond the lives we are living now. We imagine life through the lens of our faith, a faith that introduces the salvation that comes in sacrificial love. We imagine life colored by abundant grace, grace that is poured out for you and for me. We imagine life where, where forgiveness is offered and received over and over and over and over again. We imagine life with confidence that the worst thing that can and will happen in our lives, the worst thing is never going to be the last thing that we experience. And we imagine what it would be like for God to be with us, to God, for God to be among us, for God to be in us. Our imagination allows us to look at things not just as they are, but as they could be, to look at the world not as it is, but as the kingdom of God could be. We need to imagine as a people of faith so that we can begin to live into this new heaven and new earth that God is promising for us. 
to help live into the presence of God with us. I'm afraid too often we, we try to, to help children, right, when, they, when they're scared or when they don't understand, and we say, well, that's only your imagination. No, let's bolster up that imagination. We can't diminish the power and the presence of our imagination because it is our faith-filled imagination that allows us to see what isn't there, to grasp the uncatchable, to describe the indescribable, to know the unknowable. To connect our faith with our, with our imagination to begin to see and experience God in new and powerful ways. My daughter, who I mentioned, she's six. Um, she has a cousin, my nephew James, who's also six, and he recently introduced her um, to books called Dog Man. You heard of Dog Man, right? Dog Man, yes. Uh, uh, Dogman is kind of part comic book, part graphic novel for young children, for young readers. And it was written by uh, Dave Pilkey, who also wrote the, the Captain Underpants series. Maybe you're more familiar with that. But I love what he writes in his About the Author page. It says, as a child, Dave Pilkey was diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD. Dave was so disruptive in class that his teachers made him sit out in the hall every day. Luckily, Dave loved to draw and make up stories, so he spent his time in the hallway creating his own original comic books. In the second grade, Dave Pilkey created a comic book about a superhero named Captain Underpants. His teacher ripped it up and told him he couldn't spend the rest of his life making silly books. Fortunately, it says, Dave was not a very good listener. <laughs> Captain Underpants went on to sell over 80 million copies worldwide. Netflix bought the rights, and now you can watch the Captain Underpants series on Netflix. The world tells us we shouldn't spend our time telling silly stories dreaming up new ways of being, imagining a new heaven and a new earth where God dwells with us. But I say to you, don't listen to the world. Listen to the movement of the Holy Spirit. God at work in your imagination, dreaming up these new ways of living and being. And then, and then go out and do it. Go out and live it. Go out and be it. Let your imaginations run wild, whether it's in your head, whether it's in your hand with the Play-Doh, however you experience it. Let your imagination run wild with how God is active in your life and then go, 
live it out. Let your imaginations become your reality. Because I think this world needs more children of faith who are willing to dream up a new way of living and being together. We pray with me. A holy and gracious God, Lord, you call us to have faith like a child. Help us to know that no matter what age or stage we are in, we can approach you with this childlike faith, a faith that, that invites us to use our imagination to wonder, to explore, and then to discover the ways you are at work and how we can join in to see the fulfillment of the new heaven and the new earth here among us. You, God, dwelling with humankind. May our imaginations, through the power of your Holy Spirit, see how the lines are blurred, how the distinction falls away between where you are and where we are. And that we might live as one together, one as your children, and one with you. All this we ask in the holy name of Christ. Amen.